exciting time that we're looking forward to. There's no doubt tonight that that time's a lot closer than it used to be. In fact, we're looking at we're looking at some that just may see that happen. That's right. It just may happen. There may be some young people and children in this house tonight. They won't know anything about walking down the aisle to get married. They won't know anything about raising a family. Because there's going to be a generation that's not going to experience that. Because the catching away is going to come. It's going to pay us to be ready. It's going to pay dearly. And it's going to pay dearly if we're not ready. Either way, we're going to pay. But the choice is ours tonight. The Bible's very clear in instructing us that whosoever will. God, I pray that we'd have the will. Man, to humble ourselves and to give ourselves unto the Lord. Exodus 40 and 34, same, some of the same verses tonight. Thank you again to the singers and instrument players. Done such a beautiful job. And thank you so much. Exodus 40, 34. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You can actually go to 2 Chronicles 5 and 14. So that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. I believe I'm looking at some people tonight that wants the glory of God to fill your temple. Fill up your heart, your soul, your mind, your life. King of glory belongs. I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. The King of glory belongs he belongs in our lives in our hearts our minds in our spirit and there's no substitute for his glory there's counterfeits there's make believers there's put ons but there's really only one true glory that transforms and works through us and among us. You and I really know when he fills the house. When we let him come and take the throne of our hearts, our minds, and our lives. And if we become willing to, whatever the cost, to let, let his glory, let his glory, and let his will be done. 
Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. We're so thankful, God, for your mercy and grace and the compassion of the Lord that we experience every day. I'm thankful, God, for every family and every individual in this house tonight and the families that are not able to be here. But, God, we ask you to reach down in a special and a mighty way and touch each one of them, the sick, to heal them. If God, if they're discouraged, God, your word and your presence would find its way into them, them, to them and strengthen them tonight. God, you help us to stand in this pulpit with the love of God in our hearts and with the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon us and help us, help us deliver your word tonight in a manner and a way that it could be received, and received in a way that could transform our hearts, our minds and our lives, drawing us nearer unto you preparing us for the hour, preparing us for the day, preparing us for the weeks or months or years. Whatever you got in store for us, God, you help us to let the glory of God settle where it belongs in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord bless you and you may be seated. Thank you again for just being here and being a part of this and part of the kingdom of God and all said and done we're just a small part of a big thing and that's true for any local assembly regardless of the number of that assembly when you consider the kingdom of God and the the size of the kingdom and who knows what that number is going to be like we've been taught by the scriptures man the gentile number was was actually was unable they weren't able to uh, to number that that group and who knows the, the ending and the, of that time and the coming of the Lord. We know there will be an end to it. We know that the Lord will turn back to Israel and uh, all of Israel will be saved. We know that uh, after the battle of Armageddon, some different things, we do believe in that we'll be gone before that time. And uh, so we got a lot to be looking forward to. Amen. Even though the devil's doing everything he can, the world and uh, false doctrines and teachings and things of that nature has taken place all around us. And a lot of things to discourage people, a lot of things to uh, pull them to the side. But uh, if you and I have got our minds made up and, and our hearts sold out, God's going to see us through. Amen. So I just want to talk a little bit tonight about the King of Glory and where it belongs. I believe the, the King of Glory belongs in our lives Amen. It's in such a power and a demonstration, amen, that uh, your neighbor will know it, your family will know it, everybody will know it. That you're, we're not, we, we're the pilgrim people. We're peculiar people. We're called out people. We are elected people. Amen. Anybody that calls himself a Christian should walk different than the world, should look different than the world, should act different than the world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're not governed by this world. We're not manipulated by this world, nor the devil or the God of this world. Amen. There is a power. There is an experience. There is a voice inside of us. There is a presence that is taken up a bold within us. And if you and I take the time and put forth the effort and the energy, amen, to keep it, 
it and to watch over it, to make sure that we won't be misled and make sure that uh, we won't be misinformed. But we, we fall in love with the Word of God and we, in, the, not in the preaching, but not just in the preaching of the Word, but the reading of the Word, the Word itself. To know that Word is to know God and how to please God and how to walk with God. If you're depending on just what you get across pulpits, you're going to be in trouble. You've got you to take that time to read it for yourself and study it out and, and how much that it would come alive. But you're going to even notice here, as you go back to Exodus and if we go to Second Chronicles, we're going to see both places, the first times with Moses. And Moses is preparing the tabernacle and the process that it went through in several chapters. But now when you get to that 40th chapter, amen, and you come to that place where I've read about the 34th verse of the glory of the Lord, the cloud coming down to cover. But there were some things that had to take place first before they ever got the response of God, before the glory ever fell upon what we call the tabernacle at this point in this place. We know this was a God's idea. He wanted to come and dwell with his people. But, but God had to give Moses the instructions and move upon certain men and individuals that would take their talents and skills and ability to help fashion and form this tabernacle. Amen. Different ones that was called upon and, and involved. Amen. Putting this all together. Moses didn't do it by himself. He received the pattern. He received the instructions from God. But yet he, he passed it along to others. And so they were called upon and they took those talents and skills and ability and they're going to use them for God and for the glory of God. It wasn't for themselves. It wasn't to build their own homes. It wasn't to build their own careers. It wasn't for any of that. They used them for the glory of God. Man, to be able to, the craftsmanship, to, to take the woodwork and work it out. And take that gold, to beat it into the shape and the, the, the fashion that God had desired them to fashion to build this tabernacle. You can look even into that, that 40, 40th chapter, the instructions for the tabernacle. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, On that first day of the first month shall thou set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation, and thou said, Put therein the ark. And he started, and he fashioned from that point, setting up the ark and putting the curtains and setting and putting it all in place. So there was a certain prescribed actions upon Moses and upon the, the Israelite Aaron and the sons and Korah and the rest of them before the glory could ever show up, before the glory would ever fall, before it ever filled up that house. Amen. There was individuals that was called upon. There was individuals that was elected. There was individuals, amen, that, that gave themselves. And so it's really no different as we watch as we come to the close of this lesson tonight. When you talk about the New Testament church and you're talking about being a church and a community and you're talking about doing a work for God, each and every one of us has things that we can bring. And I've mentioned this over the past few services. Amen. And what you're going to bring to the table and what kind of wood are you going to bring? If you're going to bring any wood and what talents or skills or abilities that you can bring to your local assembly to make it what God desires it to be. And everybody's got something to offer and everybody's got something to give. Amen. To, to enhance or to build up. Amen. The church and to make it what God desires it to be. Amen. God sees to that. Amen. I'm telling you, no one's exempt. And so they, that helps us to understand that nobody reaches or reaches a place in the church that you become exempt. No, everybody's in this. So we work together and bind together and worship together. Amen. And come together. And it doesn't matter what activity's going on. We're in this together. It doesn't matter what's taking place. When we drive up on this ground, there ought to be something that clicks on the inside of us. There ought to be something called the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God. Amen. Is the love of Christ and the love of God and the love of souls and the love of humanity. Amen. That we're going to make this the most powerful for a 
acres, amen, in Bendale, Mississippi. We're going to make this place glorified. We're going to make this place have such an drawing attraction and such a pulling power. Amen. I'm telling you that the devils are getting where they, they won't even want to walk across these four acres. And look, because there's a power here. And a, but it's not just going to happen. It's not just going to transpire because your preacher says it's going to happen. But somebody's got to join in. and Somebody's got to hook up. And somebody's got to make up in their minds. My talents are not for sale. My skills are not for sale. God, if you bless me with wisdom and knowledge and ability and all things come from you, God, I'm going to use them for your glory because that's where it belongs. Your glory belongs in my mind. Your glory belongs in my life. I don't belong to the devil and I don't belong to the world. I don't even belong to the United States of America. I don't even belong to my family. I don't belong to the Moore family. I belong to Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. When you go to 2 Chronicles, you're going to see it again. Basically, it takes place again. This is the temple. This is where we see that Solomon, after even with David, and what's going to be set up and what's going to happen and what's going to take place. And, and um, uh, you're going to see how that... If you go all the way to 2 Chronicles, the third chapter, and I'm going to take just a little time here, but not too much, and I will watch the time. We'll be all right, because uh, I purposely try not to be as lengthy on Wednesday nights, but, but if you go back even, and it starts about the construction of the temple, amen, the third chapter, and here Solomon begins to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in the Mount Moriah. Man, this is the same mount, same place, Abraham and Isaac. And watch this. It's not all. Where the Lord appeared unto David, his father. And in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And so this same place, the same geographical location... Uh, that we see things begin to happen. It begins to talk about the snuffers. It begins to talk about the basins and the spoons. And all of these items with pure gold and silver, brass, and they're being prepared. They're being set up. And, and prior and before the glory ever falls. Uh, I'm going to iterate again tonight. And look, look, I thank you. I thank everybody, amen, that comes even on Wednesday nights. And you're faithful. And you make your way on a Wednesday night to those prayer rooms. And you, you bombard heaven. And you lift your voice. And you cry out. Don't you ever let carnality or the world or the devil try to persuade you that we can step around that. Now, I understand you put a lot more pressure on Wednesday nights. I understand that. But also, I would purpose in my mind, like Daniel and them, Hey, some things I just purpose in my mind and my heart and spirit. If I don't feel one ounce of God, I would just do it because obedience is better than sacrifice. And I'd commit myself and I'd dedicate myself. And I said, you know what, God, if you'll help me. Amen. If I got to get an earlier start on a Wednesday, or if I got to if I got to iron my clothes on a Tuesday afternoon or a Tuesday evening for Wednesday night, I'm gonna tell you this pre-planning and getting your mind on God and making preparation. I'm gonna tell you what, God will start opening up doors and avenues. Now, now you can. 
can believe this, or do you want to? And I, well, I'm just going to preach it. Amen. How many of you believe that God can protect you? How many of you believe that God can, can keep you from the enemy and God can keep certain things from happening? How many of you believe that the devil's going to do everything he can to hinder you and try to stop you? But you know what? When you start making preparation and you start purposing in your mind, when you leave Sunday night, I'm going to look forward to Wednesday night. And God, I'm going to start when I'm leaving here tonight making preparation to be here Wednesday night. I'm going to start putting things in order. I'm going to start ironing clothes and putting things out. Amen. I'm going to every kindred I can get out of the way. I'm going to get it out of the way. And when you do your part, guess what? Who's going to step in? I'm telling you, the devil won't be able to hinder you. The devil won't be able to step in the way. Your carnality. Oh, I'm going to help you tonight. Hallelujah. Carnality is eating us up. But until you crucify that flesh, it's going to drag you to hell. Oh, don't preach like that, preacher. I'm not trying to be ugly tonight, but I'm telling you, folks, it's got to be a stir. And so as you watch this, with, with Moses and with Solomon and the preparations and everything that had to take place first before it ever unfolded, before it ever took place, all this. And so you and I can do likewise. Sometimes we have the opinion of the idea, amen, because of, of the grace and the mercy of God. And I will tell you something. The religious world has taken it far outside the boundaries of God. They believe God's going to save them in their sins. They believe God's going to save them while they commit their acts of ungodliness. But the true grace of God puts the will and the desire and the passion in us to live victorious lives. Can I say this tonight? I don't want us to ever say again, it's too hard to live for God. It is not too hard to live for God. Here's the deal. If you're willing to sell out and you're willing to die out, I'm telling you, living for God's one of the easiest things you can do. I'm telling you, I'll give you some words then. Hello, his joke is easy and his burdens is light. Let me ask you something. Has he ever been a hard taskmaster? Has God ever put anything on us that we couldn't bear? Has God ever, amen, put mountains in our lives and situations, amen, and say, here it is, big boy, see if you can do it. Did he say, hey, you got this on your own, baby? That ain't what the books taught me. That's nothing, amen, but flesh and the devil trying to persuade us. And if we get to looking at the world and begin to look at easy ways and look at the way of the world, the religious world, hallelujah, because there's no de demandments and there's no requirements, but neither is there a glory of God, neither is there a power of God, and neither is there miracles and wonders and signs, and they're being eaten up, and they're being eaten up by the spirit of iniquity. They're being gobbled up, they're swallowing, they're not going to exist. Did you watch this thing unfold, baby? I'm telling you, there's some religious beliefs that's fixing to go down the tube. If you and I, if you and I don't, don't, we better shake ourselves. And we better, we better get to that place. Amen. I'm just speak for myself, and you can be seated. I can just speak for myself. Even as a young boy coming up, now they weren't near the drugs and near those things that. I mean, if they, they was, I didn't know it. You know, only drugs I'd seen at school was a couple of young guys had a box full of, of pot on the backside of a training center. And they was going to act like, you know, one of them act like he was going to make me smoke it, but he, he wasn't. <laughs> hey Amen. But you know why? Because I'd drawn a line way before then. I'm never going to fool with that. I didn't know anything about it and uh, nothing like that. Now, I, I smoked in Marlboro's. But I wouldn't fix and smoke what we call them left-handed cigarettes. Amen. I wouldn't fix and take any pills. 
I wouldn't fix and do any of that. Amen. I done had a line drawn and my mind was made up. And it didn't matter if it was two of them. It didn't matter if it was six of them. Amen. They they was going to force it. I wasn't going to take it. And you know what? I believe God will help me. Amen. When you draw lines and you purpose in your heart. But anyway, what happened when that guy got a little cocky about it? The other fellow standing there said, no, he's not. You leave him alone. <laughs> I didn't even have to say nothing. Man, he just, well, I did. I told him I wasn't going to do it. But anyway, after that, he took it over. So you know what I'm trying to tell you? You got, just got to make up in your mind. You got to make up in your heart. And we're living in a world today with technology and access to our minds and access to our babies are far more easier than what it used to be. But you better make up in your mind and you better make up in your heart. Hallelujah because I'm telling you the dragon queens are going to make their way to the Pentecostal churches. I'm telling you the homosexuals and the lesbians are going to fight for our pulpits. Hallelujah. They're going to fight for your Sunday school rooms. And if you and I are not in contact and we don't have the, the grace of God, I take you to Isaiah the fifth chapter. And when God, a man, takes down the hedge, when God takes down the fencing, I'm telling you your man, your man, your so-called spiritual man, he will have the power or the ability, amen, to stop it. There's only one that can stop it. That's the power and the option of the Holy Ghost. That's the power and the presence of God. There's some spirits and some demonic forces. Only God can drive it out. Only as you call on the name of Jesus. I got Bible to back it up. Paul, I know in Jesus, I know, but who are you? And we're in that time and we're in that hour. We better know who Jesus is. We better know what it is to fast and pray until the powers of God moves at whatever cost. So, tonight, I would just like to just, just talk a little bit about how, how some of this is unfolded and took place. And these things had to happen. And they had to take place. And even when you slip from that chapter and you make your way and, and you move and go to, I'll just slip on, I guess, to the fifth. There's different things that happen in the third and fourth chapter. But when you get to the fifth chapter... And the work of Solomon made of the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated. The silver, the gold, and all the instruments. Pretty among the treasures of the house of God. Solomon assembled the elders of Israel. All the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the fathers. The children of Israel and to Jerusalem. To bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David. Which is in Zion. Wherefore all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast which was in the seventh month. And so now they bring the ark and they bring it and go to put it, amen, into this temple. And you can go and read through that and you'll see. And it brings you to the last chapter. And that was our focus first again here tonight. So that the priests could not stand to minister by the reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. I'm telling you, we need old glory back. An anointing of God. Anointing, amen, that doesn't only just loosen us, amen, until we can get outside the doors. I'm not, I'm not talking about an anointing of a few chill bumps and I feel good, amen, and I got a little attitude adjustment. But when I walk back out the doors, I don't last 30 minutes. I don't hardly get home good. And that old spirit and that old attitude has done got back a hold of me. I'm talking about anointing that destroys the yoke. Hallelujah, that destroys it, amen, that crushes it, that it don't have the power or the access, amen, to rise up in my mind or rise up in my heart or rise up in my spirit. I'm going to tell you what's wrong with America tonight. 
right. Amen. The reason we're having so many mental problems because, oh, glory belonged in our minds, but we have rejected it as America and as a nation. We don't want, oh, glory. We don't want the Holy Ghost. We don't want godly living. We don't want to come out from among them. We want the pride and the arrogance and the glory of ourselves. We want to make heroes out of athletical fields and out of political places. Amen. We want to make heroes out of flesh and out of men and women. Hallelujah. That gives themselves over to ungodliness and unrighteousness. We want to parade those that's coming out of the closet. At one time it was a shame they wouldn't even let their family know it. But now we want to parade them and we want to put them in offices. We want to put them in places and we want to elevate them. And the world's trying his best to crush us out. I tell you, if it's ever been a time for the church to make a stand and see revival, honey, I'm telling you, the stage is being set. And by God's grace and mercy and by his glory, you'll see people walk in this place to live like you never dreamed. But you and I have got to have our minds made up at whatever cost. And so, as... as uh, I won't go to all these scriptures, but uh, as we go through some of these, we, we begin to see, for instance, go to Hebrews 8. He talks there, the writer. And he said, Who's servant to the example and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was honest of God when he's about to make the tabernacle? For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. Moses couldn't make that tabernacle just like he wanted it and how he chose. He was instructed, and there was a pattern that he had to follow. I, I, I can remember in my early days, uh, I would go down to 8 Birth and 8 Oxavis, and they had one of them sewing machines that was on a table. And uh, you sit down at it and use your foot, and you use it, and they would sew. And most all the time, there was two or three patterns that be laying on that sewing machine with that table and inside. And so they would make dresses and different things, and they would have what they had were called patterns. And so they would follow the pattern, and that's what they would come up with. And so it's basically the same way here in living for God. God's still looking for a church that's following the pattern that he's laid down because you can recognize the church. You know, it's a shame on us whenever we walk out in the highways and the byways and we don't look any different than anybody else. Else. And we don't act any different than anybody else. And when bad things happen to us, we kind of respond like everybody. No, that ain't the will of God. That's the reason it's not the will of God for you to be full of anxiety. That's the reason it's not the will of God for you to throw temper tantrums. That's not the will of God. Now you can say what you want to and you, you do what you want to with that. But I'm here to tell you it's not the will of God at any moment in time. It's a lot better. Amen. Because when you can't control your spirit and you can't control your attitude, then what's going on? What's, what's, that's where I'm at. We've got to get to that place. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going control it. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost control it. I'm going to let the glory cloud control it. Well, the only way I can do that, amen, is find a place of prayer on a regular basis, on a daily basis, and kill this old man and crucify this old man and keep this old man under subjection. Not only to get out of hand that way, but also for being intimidated, also for being lured, also for being drawn into false doctrines and false preachings, and also for falling under the pressure of humanity and under the pressures, amen, of the pew. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me tonight? That's the reason pastors have got to pray. 
That's the reason pastors got to walk with God. The pressure of the pure long in the slay of the sea and time will overwhelm him and overpower him. Amen. They'll try to dictate him. They'll try to control him. Money will try to control him. Hallelujah. Family will try to control him. Blood will try to control him. But I'm telling you, if you've got to be a man of God, you just got to make up in your mind, I'm going to be a man of God. And when I walk in this pulpit, I don't have no brothers. I don't have no sisters. I don't have no blood kin. I don't see nobody. I don't have nobody. I just want to be God's man and God's voice. That's the only way we got to get out of here. That's the only way we got to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. It's for the glory of God, the power of God, the kingdom of God to rule and reign. It's got to start out of the pulpit. It's got to start here. So we got to get it right. We got we to handle it right. The pattern's got to be right. You follow down in that same chapter to the eighth verse. You're going to find a finding. He said, for finding fault with them, this new covenant. He said, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they continued not in my covenant. And I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Now watch this. Regard it, a man can take you all the way back to Genesis. Can take you all the way back to Cain. Because regard it means to be, be accepted. And Cain's sacrifice was not accepted. And so that has to change throughout the word of God. It didn't matter if it was an individual or a nation. I'm back up further than that. I'm back up before Cain. It didn't matter if it was the angels who left their first state. <laughs> through disobedience and come right on to Cain and you come right on to the nation of Israel and you can come right on a man and so it hasn't changed for us so you know what our heartbeat that's the reason we're here tonight because we want our praise and worship and our sacrifice to be what to be acceptable we want God to be pleased with it we want to present these bodies holy and accept them pleasing in his sight we want the conversations that we have we want the places that we go the things that we get involved in we want to take the talents and skills and ability and the resources he blessed us with amen to make sure that we're using them for the glory of God and for the fulfilling of the purpose of God we want to make sure amen that we're church-minded Hallelujah. You know what? The next time somebody offers you a job, you're going to move, you know, a thousand miles away. You know, the first thing I check them, is there a church in the city? <laughs> uh, what kind of church they got? You know, I need to Let me check. Next time they call, just tell them. Don't ask them how much money you're going to make. Let me find out, see if there's a church in Apple. Not just a church either. Because uh, there's a church on every corner. Amen. It's got all kinds of signs. But is there an apostolic church? Is there a God-fearing church? Is there a church that separates herself from the world? Is there a church that I can walk in there that don't look like Hollywood, don't look like music stars, and don't look like this, and don't carry on things that's unwholesome and ungodly and unsound? Because I'm not interested in the job. Amen. Hallelujah. And, I'm, and if there's not going to be a church there that I can take my family to, because I'm going to tell you something, raising up these children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord is more important than anything else on the face of the earth. We make all kind of commitments and sacrifices to send them to school. We make all kind of commitments and sacrifices to get them on ball fields. We make all kind of commitments and sacrifices. But what about bringing them to the house of God, daddies? What about bringing them to the house of God, mama? What about making that sacrifice? What about making that commitment? That's to bring them into the glory of God, to bring them into the presence of God. They don't have a chance if they don't know nothing about God and the glory of God and the power of God. That world's going to eat them up. So this is what we're, we're battling with and fighting with. So in this process, we begin to see where a new covenant is going to take place. And 
And so the 10th verse says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind. I've been working on this good bit lately. And just tying all this together. Wisdom, the glory, commandments, laws. It all works together. Man, when you get it all entwining and working together, folks, we're going to be one unstoppable people. You hear me? Quit worrying about the times. I ain't worried about the government. They're going to do their thing and they're going to do what God allows them to do. I ain't worried about them. Some of you might have took that wrong when I mentioned that about the red heifers. <laughs> the red heifers is not my problem. I'm not worried about them. I'm not raising them. If you're going to raise some and you want to sell them over there in big money, that's a different story. Hallelujah. But I don't need the red heifers. I just know this thing of the end time. I understand that. Just, just understand what I'm telling you. Amen. They're looking for red heifers because they still believe they need red heifers. Amen. And that's far part of fulfilling the end time. But that's not where our focus needs to be. Our focus needs to be on revival. Our focus needs to be where Jude talks about pulling them out of the fire. Amen. Our focus needs to be every single day. Hallelujah. I'm tired of the empty cradle. Everybody can say what they want to about that. Amen. It's not the will of God for this church not to have children. But now I'm not going to compromise to have them. And I'm not going to back off from it. I'm looking for some old pouring out of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Brother Ford and them, we went last night, amen, to that waking. And they got to talking about when Brother Ford went up, or the elder Brother Ford went up to get prayer for his knees, been seeking for the Holy Ghost for quite some time, but all of a sudden, amen, on that particular service, going up to get prayers for his knees, God put him flat on his back and filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Buddy said, we literally picked him up and told him and put him in the car. I know that's not part of it, but I tell him, about if you want to be a transformation, it's going to take more than just a little bit of do. Right. I tell you the spirit we're in today. We want a little bit of church and a whole lot of. That's, that's where we at. Just give me that little bit. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. All right, let's go, man. Let's go, man. Let's... That's, that's not us. That's them. Okay. So, so watch this. The passion. The desire in us. Ezekiel talks about this. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I would give them what? Well, let me back back that key verse, that tenth verse. He said, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, write them in their hearts. I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Now, notice where they're going to be written. Notice where they're going to be uh, sustained us and hold us and keep us. Ezekiel puts it this way. Actually, a couple of places, and I'm just going to mention these two. I will give them one heart, and will put a new spirit within you. <laughs> and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh, and would give them a heart of flesh. And Ezekiel the 36, again, I would, a new heart also will I give you. Amen. A new heart there actually means a new mind and a new will. A new mind and a new will. Paul's writings, I'm almost sure, is to the Corinthian church that God can put a will and desire to live for him, to serve him, have a passion about it. 
have a thirst about it. That you be continually upon our minds and our hearts, our spirit. Amen. Even, even when we're carrying on conversation and doing work, but yet in, in the, the subconscious and in the depthness of our hearts and minds, God's never too far off. Amen. Prayer is never too far off. And the, 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 the sense of, God, I want to please you. Amen. I pray God help me when I walk in that hardware store. And no matter what customer comes in there, I don't care if he's as big as the devil. Amen. Bendel's God. I want to treat him, amen, as God would help me to treat him. Now, if he wants me to cast him out and throw him out the door, then praise God, give me the strength. I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. But if he wants me to pray him through, then God help me pray him through. But treat him right. Hallelujah. Don't Because he don't come in there and he don't look right. Because I'm telling you, we live in a world today. Hallelujah. Comes, come on, comes in there, man. They, they you know, got to look like it fell in a, a tackle box. And, and they got all different kind of colored hairs and, and all kind of different looks. And they think we're crazy. And they think we're weird. They think we're off our rocker. Come on, man. If anybody sound. Hallelujah. Watch this. He said he put it in our minds. Amen. I thank God that he, he promised us a renewing of the mind. Hallelujah. And God also promised to give us a sound mind. And a sound mind means a healthy mind. Hallelujah. And some of the biggest struggles and battles we got across our lands tonight. Hallelujah. It's the mind. Hallelujah. But you know what? God has got a right to have access to our minds and let all glory set with our minds. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you what? God can gird up some things. And God can heal some things. And God can take some things out. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's a real key. I, I didn't go into it on the first page. But it's repent. Repent. You can't let things harbor. You can't let things just lay in there. You got to get them under your feet. You got to get them out of your heart. You got to get them out of your spirit. You got to get them out of your mind. When somebody does you wrong, you got to be quick to forgive them. You got to be quick to get it under the blood. You can't let it. Paul told him, he said, don't even let the sun go down on it. Amen. Get it under the blood. Because the devil's looking for an avenue. He's looking for leverage. It's, it's, it's destroying this country. Don't take me wrong here. But I could show you time after time in the Bible where that individuals weren't raised with ideal homes. I mean, how, how many would you love to work for a guy? And when you come in to eat and you're playing, all of a sudden, a dagger hits the wall. in there you know the story but tonight if you if you if, if we're not careful because this is the spirits that's running rapid across our nation amen and how we was raised and what kind of home we was raised in if we're not careful we never overcome that we never I've heard just a portion I found out brother fish is from brother Doug White's Ben White's his son. He's the pastor now. So, but, 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 but Brother Fish is from Brother Doug. But anyway, but Brother Doug White, man, he's, he's well-known, great, awesome minister, powerful man of God. But you know what? Now, if I got my story right. It's been a long time, and I just heard a little briefing of it. But when he first started coming to church as a boy, his parents wasn't in it. We'd come in from church. His daddy would be waiting at the door. And when he'd open the door, he, his daddy would take his fist and Brother Doug White didn't, didn't. Well, y'all not going to like this. 
But we're, if we're not careful, we've reigned, we've reasoned some generations that we got to pamper and we got to baby and we got to do this and we got to do that and we got to go to these extremes and that extreme and all this other. When, 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 when we get right down to it, honey, it's the love of God that's going to bring us through every storm. It's the love of God that's going to bring us through the deserts. It's the love of God that causes us to climb those mountains. It's the love of God when your best friend's backsliding, you're going to stay with it. It's the love of God when your spouse backslides, you're going to stay with it. It's the love of God when your best friend stabs you in the back but you just keep on coming and you just keep on working. Why? Because I love the glory of God more than I love the praise of men. I love the glory of God more than I love being elevated by man. I love the glory of God and the presence of God and I'm not going to carry places. I don't have no business carrying it. Uh, I'm going to preach about that a little bit. Amen. Second huh. Corinthians 3, 2, and 3. Watch this. Here are pistols written in our hearts. This is Paul's writings to him. Known. 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 Huh. And read of all men. Sister Moore, wasn't you telling me just now, wasn't you down yonder, that guy? But it's the same little deal with the lady that was dressed like a witch, pushing you in the wheelchair. And the other guy wouldn't know where you're going to church. <laughs> yeah. They knew she hadn't been. <laughs> I've asked some of you, how many times any of you ladies or any of you been asked, you know, what bar do you go to? They don't, do they? We're pistols. We stick out. Not with arrogance. Not with high mindedness. Not as know-it-alls. And that's the reason we should never act like a snob. We shouldn't act like a nag either. You ain't got no business kicking and biting and screaming. Well, okay, let's just keep on going. Watch what this says. Here are our pistols written. Now, if you go back to the first verse, amen, of this particular chapter, amen, you're going to see that it was talking about credentials and letters that had to be sent so they would be recognized and received. But, but Paul's saying, we, we, don't, we don't do that. Amen. You become our epistles by the Spirit. Watch what he says. Here are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men, for as much as ye are what manifestly. Amen. That means shown or make obvious. Amen. Manifestly. You know what? We manifest in God and the power of God and the love of God and the liberty of God. We're the most liberated people on the face of the earth. Earth. We're the most free, set free. We're set free like a bird. He that the sun is set free is free indeed. And so I'm not about to let bad attitudes and bad spirits, amen, and, and grumbling and griping and bittering and envy and strife and any of these spirits attach themselves unto me. Oh no, hallelujah, because it'll, it'll, it'll mess it all up. I refuse to let that ride with me. Amen, I'm going to plead the blood against it. I'm going to pray against it. I, I don't get up saying, hey, I'm going to have a bad day today. I don't get up and say that. I don't care how bad the day got started. I'm not going to have a bad day. Every day God gives me. Every day God's blessed me. The devil's never made a day and the devil's never done a good thing for me. I'm going to give praise and go and honor to God. Amen. The day's going to be good. The day's going to be an awesome day. God's going to bless me. God's going to see me through it. God's going to have That's the attitude we got to have. That's the attitude we got to betray to everybody else. Let them know 
who we are and what's happened to us. Why? Because there is a, a kingdom. There is a power. There is a glory. Amen. That's with us. Again, when you look at Second Corinthians a little further down. But if the administration of death written in the graven into stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not manifest steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Huh. It's temporary. But yet when Moses, you know, when he came down, we've talked about this before. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Something about our countenance. Something about the way we walk now. What we're led by. So that just keeps leading us and guiding us and and, and so James 1 and 17 has taught us. And, and, and I'd love to go to the talents of Matthew the 25th chapter, but I won't. But you know about the talents, the five and the two and the one. Amen. So, so what, what are you trying to say here? What's it? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh them from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of tumming. So every good gift and every perfect gift. So everything that you and I have. Amen. Amen. You know, because it's God's will that we wouldn't lack. Amen. So he's given us talents and skills and ability. For what? For the glory of God. Amen. It's for the service of the kingdom of God. He didn't give us these talents and skills and ability amen to use them for the world or let the devil have them. Amen. But God blessed us with them and gave them and it's up to us. We choose as individuals. I'm telling you there's a many people out there that's wasting their talent and giving it to the world and giving it to the devil and giving it over to darkness and sold themselves out to money and sold them out to the fiends of the world when them talents could have been used for the glory of God and they could have stay, stayed on the, the platforms and stay behind pulpits and been used in the ministrating powers, amen, of God and the church and used mightily for the kingdom of God. But you and I tonight, amen, and young people, you need a purpose in your mind tonight. Children need a purpose in their minds and hearts, amen. God, whatever talent you bless me with, and I'm going to start praying for them now. You're not too young. I'd start now. God bless me with some talents and skill and ability for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God. I want to sing. I want to play. I want to worship. I want to intercede. I want to be used of you, God. I don't want to be used by the world. I don't want to be used up by the devil. Hello, I choose you to be my maker. I choose you to be my blesser. I choose you to be the Lord of my life. I choose you to be the ruler of my heart. I choose you to be the ruler of my mind. I choose you to be the walk with you. Hello, I ain't got no interest in walking in the world or in the ways of the world or in the things of the world. I'm not interested in worshiping like the world. I'm not interested in going to the worldly events. I know my time, but watch this. James again. Of his own will, but God, he us with the word of truth that we should be kind, the kind of first fruits of his creatures. That's us. The first. If you do a study on first fruits, most of the time it's about 10%, but yet it gives great hope and insight for the remainder of it to, to ripen, amen, and to reach that place. We know he is the preeminence of the first, far as in the full, but you and I, as far as what, born again of the water and the spirit, amen. When you go down this watery grave, I got scriptures for all that, but you come up in what? The newness of life. You come up in the newness of creation. You come up, amen. There is a glory, amen, that gets hold of you. There is a joy. One writer said it's joy unspeakable and full of glory the world don't have any 
anything that can compare to it. The world don't have anything and we should never be. I'm telling you again tonight, that world shouldn't be luring us. Hallelujah. But we ought to be, amen, the envy of the world. Hallelujah. They ought to be looking at this one first Jesus named Church of Bendale say, boy, I wish I was like them. I wish I could walk like they're walking, talk like they're talk, live like they're living. Hallelujah. And if we can just persuade them what glory is on the inside of us. This is not by our own powers. This is not by our own might. But there is a kingdom. There is a savior. And his name is Jesus. And we received his spirit. And we are led by his spirit. For they that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. If it's ever been a time we need to be led by the spirit and walk in the glory of God. It's the moment, the time, and the hour we're living in tonight. Hallelujah. Day in and day out. Not just occasionally here and occasionally there. Hallelujah. And we make one good Sunday night and then we, we fall back. No, that ain't the will of God. It's the will of God doesn't walk in his glory every single day of our lives to be an epistle that all men can read, that all men can observe and say, they got a hold of something and something's got a hold of them. And it's working, it's working, it's working. So as you watch this, Lord, help me out. John talks about Amen. About being born again. Let me go to 3.16. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple ye are. So, if you go back to the tabernacle, the glory failed it. You go to the temple itself with Solomon. So now, now, you and I, you and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're the temple of God. And you know what? Our minds belong to Him. Our hearts belong to Him. And the King belongs in our mind. The King of glory belongs in our heart. You know why that devil tempts you and puts things out there? He's trying his best to pollute the temple. He's trying his best, amen, to pull you down a road, a side road. He's trying to persuade you. There's more fun over here, and there's more, more th- this and that. But I'm telling you, that season's only for a season, and nobody knows how long it lasts. But you know one of the biggest problems of our day? Because there's too many churches that are dead and dry and no move of the glory of God and the power thereof. So there's nothing there to, to hold them and nothing there to sustain them. And I'm talking about the general the just religion world. But thank God for Pentecost and a Pentecost experience and the moving of the Holy Ghost and the glory of God even on a Wednesday night like this that we can petition the throne of heaven and watch a 36 year old girl that we don't even know it's Courtney her name is Courtney but it's Courtney's friend a man that's a mother that's got some children that's on the deathbed and they're crying and begging amen for somebody to pray and somebody to touch God and so we gathered here on a Wednesday night and who just knows because we know how to get hold of the glory of God because we believe in the supernatural because we believe the power of prayer we believe in the power of worship and because we walk with him because we believe in him because all oh, glory amen is settled down on our hearts and our minds and we hadn't become polluted and we hadn't become defiled and we hadn't become messed up in the world and it's not just a show but it's real and genuine and powerful and it can move mountains and make a way where there seemed to be no way that's the God we're serving here tonight as he moves and works for us Man, you can stand. I know my time's up. Praise God. I only had one more page, but Romans 6, 
has told us, amen, to we what? Six, Romans 6 and 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism to death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Amen. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall also be what? In the likeness of his resurrection. James 4 has taught us. Amen. Amen. The latter part of that. He says, you adulterers and adulteress, know we not the friendship of the world is enmity with God. I'd love to finish this page. Folks, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't be friends with the world. Well, that's what James says. He says, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore would be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. I can tell you places, he says, you can't eat from the tables of devil and also eat from God's table. You can't make sacrifices to the world and to the flesh and to and really be able to come and offer your temple, your heart, your mind and spirit, amen, in a way that the glory of God can. But you take God-fearing people that's committed themselves, dedicated themselves. <laughs> and they walk in. They begin to cry and they begin to lift their voices. There's a move of God, a move of God that will take place. That won't be just any other place. <laughs> I believe we can have it. Amen. I believe we can have it. On any time that we gather. I, I'm going to quit. Maybe I'll touch on it some next Wednesday night again. Amen. I, I had about four or five more sets of scriptures here. In this latter part. About the holy temple. About the spirit of truth. Amen. And the, the, the build, Where you can build a house. Amen. Are we going to be wise? I was going to connect that back to that wisdom. He, he that is wise, what's, what's he? He doesn't build on the sand. Digs down and builds on that rock. That rock being Christ. Folks, this is the best life to live. Young people, don't you listen to that junk out there. Don't be lured and pulled. That's a bunch of junk. That's, that's, that's nothing to it. That's nothing like talking to God and loving God and living for God. Come on, parents, let's help persuade them. Let's help to fight the battle with them. Let's help bring about the glory and the power of God. Even on a Wednesday night like tonight. And God's power and glory could just fill our hearts and our lives. And, but not just here. I want it to fill my house. I want there to be a presence in my home. When people walk in there, man, there's a presence here. There's, I want the glory of God to be welcomed. In my home, I want nothing in my in my home that would that would that would defile or kinder the presence and the glory of God, Amen. In our homes, because folks, you can't just depend on right here is not just enough. Just a Wednesday night fix and a Sunday morning Sunday night fix won't get the won't won't won't, won't get the job done. It won't do it. We love you tonight. Appreciate you. I know my time's up. The kids are saying, come on, we're done. Hey, what's the matter with you? Pass your time, preacher. <laughs> nah. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Hopefully something's being said. Something, you know, stir us up, God. Stir us up. I want to be a soul winner. How about you? 
We'll be a soul winner. That ought to be burning in our hearts, burning in our spirit. Wherever we go, whatever we're doing, I'm going to tell you something. If you come real mindful of being a soul winner, you'll watch every conversation you get engaged in. You'll watch every action you take on and everything that goes on around you. It doesn't matter where it's at at home. It don't make any difference. You know why? Because I want to be a soul winner. And I don't want to just bring them to any church. I want to bring them to a place, amen, that they're going to find help and they're going to find deliverance and they're going to find heaven, their destination. Because even Paul said it, that's the crown of our glory. Amen. It's when we get on the other side that I can present you, amen, as a task virgin before God Almighty. Because if we fail there, then we failed everything what we're here for. Amen. We want to hear him say, well done. I didn't get that far. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. We'll just let you be dismissed. God bless you.